0: I think the first time I came across Lee's work is probably by looking at Man Ray's work and looking at the pictures that he made of her. And then I discovered that she was a photographer herself and that she made amazing work. Hello, my name is Vivian Sassen and I'm a fine art and fashion photographer. We're recording this from my studio in Amsterdam. I just want to say I love, love Lee's work and I'm, I'm so happy that you asked me for this. I feel very uh, honored because I, I totally love her work.
1: Welcome back! This is our last episode of the podcast Lee Miller Fashion in Wartime Britain. I'm Amy Buihessen and I'm the co-director of the Lee Miller Archives. This time I'm looking forward to current fashion photography with the contemporary fine art and fashion photographer Vivian Sassen. In lots of ways Vivian and Lee's lives mirror one another. They both spent times as models themselves before going behind the camera and both experienced the challenges of the male-dominated world of photography. I started out by asking how Vivian's passion for travel, which again she shares with Lee,
0: has influenced her work. I think travel is so essential for the mind and for your creativity, especially if you're able to travel in a way that you go to places where you're not just a tourist, but you are, are able to spend more time somewhere and really get acquainted with the local people. I lived in Africa when I was young. Uh, my father worked there as a doctor. In, we lived in Kenya. In the year 2000, I met my now husband, Hugo, and we found out that we had this similar background because he was also the child of a doctor and he was born in Zambia and he lived in Tanzania for a long time. So when we met, we decided to travel to Africa together and show each other the places of our childhood, etc. So ever since then, we've been traveling a lot all over Africa, basically.
1: Such an amazing adventure together.
0: See, what's it like shooting
1: fashion for magazines like Vogue?
0: I've always loved doing editorials for magazines because they give you a certain freedom. And when I was just started out as a photographer, I thought it was just an amazing opportunity to get my work out in the world, out, out there, you know? So I sent them to a Purple Magazine, and Days the Confused, ID Magazine, all these kind of funky, independent uh, magazines, which I really loved so that was a that was a great way to get started and i've also always perceived the fashion photography as a kind of laboratory in the sense that i feel that especially for these independent titles that you can be super creative and it was like a playground always uh, just experimenting with photography and uh, what I really loved about it and still do is, uh, is is collaborating with the with so many other amazing people.
1: So how does it work then? I mean, when Lee worked in fashion, it was quite a small team that she collaborated with at British Folk. You know, there was probably only ever two other people that she spoke to before she went off and took her pictures. So, so how does does a normal fashion shoot work and how much input do you get into it?
0: Well, I think it's not that different in the sense that most of the time there's one editor. Uh, you think of a concept together, an idea. And on these photo shoots, it really depends. I mean, sometimes you have photo shoots for magazines which are a bit, big, bit larger and then you have someone doing the nails. You have... Production, you have people from set design, you have catering, the stylist has one or two assistants, the hair person has an assistant, sometimes two, the makeup artist has one or two assistants, and maybe I have one or two assistants, but I always prefer to keep it super small because you're just more flexible. And I love to work on location instead of the studio. I mean, the studio is fun, but I always get more inspired by. working on location. And I love the natural light, the sunlight. So yeah, I prefer to keep my team small. Do you get any choice over the
1: location? Do you like say to the stylist, I found this fantastic place, how about we shoot it here? Or is it normally pre-decided?
0: I get to decide about the location, definitely. I think uh, that's one of the things that's really up to me most of the time. Also the use of light, etc. I think uh, styling-wise, that's more the stylist deciding. Uh, But if I have a location in mind, I have quite a big say in where we're gonna shoot
1: so i guess you have a lot more say about how your images are kind of finally used when they go in the magazine as well now do you
0: yeah kind of because often they send me a layout because i request that it's not like i demand it but i i request it uh, so I can have a look at the layout, and sometimes I do pairings of images next to each other on the uh, on the pages of the magazine. Sometimes I make make layouts myself.
1: What about with Vogue? How much how much say do you get when they use your pictures?
0: Well, they are very accommodating. They are really really good at um, giving me the opportunity to tell them how I would like it. Yeah, it depends. I work for different Vogue titles, but especially for Vogue Italia and also sometimes Vogue China. With Vogue Italia, they are, they are great. They they give me a lot of freedom and they will discuss everything with me beforehand, before publishing.
1: Yeah, I can imagine the Italian ones being fun to work with.
0: Yeah, definitely. And The editor there is great. He really wants you to do creative things and think out of the box. And he wants to give especially women, a platform to explore and be super creative, which is great. What kind of cameras do you use? I used to shoot analogue on a Mamiya, Mamiya seven, seven two, and um I always had this one film that I used. I don't know, that was really my thing back in the days. So of course, uh we shot a lot of Polaroids beforehand, before shooting. But then of course things changed and people wanted to have digital more and more and right now I'm shooting on a Phase 1 camera which is really great it's um the files are so large and you can do so many things with it yeah i'm really happy with my phase 1 and right now i think yeah i i also shoot all my artwork on on the phase 1 in british vogue during
1: the war to start off with they didn't actually have any way of producing color photographs because they used to just use the color plates sent over to them from america but then lee managed to be quite resourceful and get hold of some color transparency film and there's i don't know something like 20 color pictures in vogue in that in the war period and they're all almost all by lee so but obviously in those days the way that they could print color was quite restricted so you had to use a certain color spectrum they couldn't get certain types of colors so I was kind of wondering you know she had a much smaller range of colors so she, the pictures had to be the model had to be quite contrasty with the background and things like
0: that i love this picture in the book of um she looks like greta garbo and there's all these amazing, um, colourful um, fabrics on the floor, and she's wearing a purple or blue dress, and there's these funny dolls behind her. That's such an amazing picture. Yeah. It's it's a little bit bonkers,
1: but it, it works, doesn't it? I know, and I know what you mean by looking like Grecia yes.
0: <laughs> But you can see that the colours are quite, there's not many mid-tones there. No, it's quite saturated, but it's, but it's beautiful. <laughs> I like it because um I mean I love color and I like this kind of graphicness in the in images. And, and what's what's
1: your attitude generally to color in
0: your photography? Oh, that's that's a hard uh, question. I love color. Many of my pictures are very colorful and sometimes I think it has to do with the fact that As a young girl, I was both inspired by by all the vibrant colors that I saw as a very young girl in in, in Africa and all the garments uh, of the women there. And then on the other hand, there's the Dutch design culture, which is quite rich in color. If you think of the Stel, Rietveld, Mondrian, these are very, very graphic, uh, bold and uh, primary colors, blue, red, yellow, black white green yeah i think i was influenced by by that as well
1: but you also shoot in black and white how do you decide when to use black and white instead of color
0: um yes sometimes i use black and white but i think i still prefer color but i remember at some point a few years ago i was editing my book in and out of fashion which it was uh 17 years of my fashion photography and um and I got a bit nuts. There was just so much to see. And I'd, somehow I felt like I wanted to rest the eye. And at the time I was traveling to Suriname and I went to the um, to the jungle. And I went to this village, Pickensley, it's called. And I made a book there. And most of it, what I shot there, was in black and white. And I think it was almost as if to reset the eye. I wanted to have a certain calm, clear and simple view on the world again I guess. So I started photographing in black and white and just focused on very simple objects, daily life situations and objects in in the village. Yeah maybe as a kind of a, a pause from photography or trying to get back to basic basically. With your fashion photography
1: hat on what do you find particularly interesting about Lee's fashion work from during the war?
0: Oh, there's so many things. I think this book, you can look at it for hours and and explore and find new things all the time. One of the things that I uh, found so amazing is the humor of of some of the pictures. For instance, there's this double page spread with this woman kind of dreaming away of all these little hats. And the hats are floating in, in, in the sky, which is amazing. And then... I love all the props, all the props that that keep on appearing in in images. Sometimes they're kind of weirdly placed or... I don't know, I think there's a kind of, of wit and humor. On one hand, looking at these images now, they feel so dated in a way. Also because these women in the pictures are wearing all these amazing clothes that nowadays we we won't wear anymore i mean so they feel from another era which they, which they are of course and then again they also have something modern and they feel i don't know you feel also kind of a freedom of these women i don't know i just love the way she photographs women they look strong and full of energy and and wit i like lo- i love that you picked up on the um the
1: humor, because I, I do think that Lee, because she was American, kind of had a little yes. bit more of an eye for the slightly more eccentric British side of things, and tends to, in her witty way, sometimes I think in her photography she plays on that. She she did think the eccentric Brits were were quite funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so what's, what is the biggest challenge you'd say that you have today as for, or, or that fashion photographers in general have today?
0: Mm, well, I think the biggest challenges are around, I think, two things. One thing is that nowadays everything tends to become so political and it's so much about representation which sometimes makes it difficult to, to, to do the right thing, because many things will easily be criticized. And uh, yeah, I w- I'm very curious how that will uh, evolve over time in, in the years to come. And then another thing which has really changed, I think, is the way, especially with advertising and uh, commercial jobs, is that you need to make images that work for different markets. So not only for the European market, but also for the American market, the Russian market, the Asian markets, etc. And when you have to create images like that, they tend to become very generic and boring. So, so what kind of thing do they say that has to be, What what
1: is kind of, the difference between the specifications for an American market picture and maybe an Asian market picture?
0: well for in for instance, I always st- strive to have uh, people of color in campaigns as well, and sometimes I get feedback from clients saying, "Oh, we're really sorry, but a black person in our campaign is not gonna work because it's it's just not how the Asian market works or the Russian market works That's very frustrating, very difficult, I think, yeah, totally. I didn't realize that they had those those kind of
1: issues still.
0: Yes, but it it really depends on the brand and what, they, what it is exactly they want from you. For instance, if it's a perfume campaign, which needs to run worldwide, they will more easily go for uh, a Caucasian uh, girl. But it, the funny thing is that, on the other hand, working with people of color... For certain magazines nowadays, it's also perceived problematic. Me being a white photographer and then shooting black models, that's in certain circles with certain magazines, that's almost a no-go area. So there you see a reverse thing happening.
1: So Lee used to remove chin shadows and stray hairs and touch out the occasional wrinkle or creases in shirts and blouses and sometimes she even cinched waistlines or streamlined dresses and over recent years there's been a lot in the media about too much kind of streamlining and airbrushing in the fashion industry do you think that how she's practiced
0: has been amplified over the 80 years since what she was doing I think I'm slightly envious of Lee and her not having to uh, photoshop every little detail and because I think a lot of the time the life kind of gets sucked out of an image when you over overdo it when people use too much photoshop. No, but I think uh, I think in fashion it's quite a logical thing to do to to make things even more beautiful. Yeah, like Lee did, like You know, a bit of the chin, a bit of the waistline, some hair. That makes total sense. Do you think the
1: fashion world's gone too far, though, in the way that it strives for this perfection? Are are you worried about the way it reflects on Mm. women today?
0: Well, I think, I think there's not such a thing as going too far in the sense that if the possibilities are there, you know, who am I to, to judge that? And it's everybody's own choice to go as far as they want. And, Sometimes you have these images that look really like otherworldly. And then that's a style as well. As much as it's a style to not do anything at all. Or to make images which are much more raw. But I do worry about um, the extent when I look at my nieces. And yeah, the kind of the pressure that I think they are they feel to be, to be beautiful. And hopefully, yeah, this will change in the future. There is already... change is already here I think I mean there's a lot of uh, people talking about uh, this kind of body awareness
1: so Lee obviously works in a time when you know she when she was operating it when it was a very male-dominated world how do you think that it is now for female photographers do you still see challenges around inequality or is it less obvious
0: well I think over the last five or ten years it's become better. I think before it was really still such a male-dominated world with all these male photographers getting all the jobs. And like Lee, I've also, I mean, I've not modelled to the same extent as Lee has, uh, not at all. But I think we both have this background in in modelling. And it always struck me how male photographers would approach me, and the things they would say to me, you know, to make me look sexy in the image, while, you know, even when I was still very young, they asked me to be very sexy in the picture, and they told me silly things like, you know, like, pretend you're blowing away a little feather, so, you know, so you pout your mouth, and... Uh, or make love to the camera, or pretend I'm your boyfriend. You know all these, all these horrible things. It is a cliche, and luckily, I think nowadays we live in a very different era, and there's a lot of female fashion photographers and photographers on the whole, and I think that's a good thing, because. Yes, when I started out, my parents were still, as a photographer, my parents were still saying, like, oh, are you sure you want to become a photographer? But you're not technical at all. Yeah, they thought it was that it was a very masculine job, I guess. I don't know. Just going back to what you said about me being a
1: model, do you think that your experience as a model helps you when you're you know know how to act when you're instructing models
0: yes yes definitely I very much so I think um I place myself in the situation or uh, in the shoes of the model you know I know exactly how it is to to stand there and be cold or too hot or uncomfortable because people are looking or or bored you know so uh, I think it helps it definitely helps I think Some girls are either too young to understand, or they are not fearless enough to understand that you get the best pictures if you're not afraid of looking ugly or weird. You see? So, if you don't have that fear, then... You can really explore and go different places. It's almost like acting. And and then that's when the most interesting moments come about, you know. If someone is just worried if their hair looks all right or they want to change their makeup because they think they don't look pretty enough, then that's much harder. It makes
1: sense. It makes sense that they're kind of, they're kind of less inhibitions that they have, the the easier they are to work with. Okay. So in the war in Britain... We had such a scarcity of paper um, that it became, at one point it became illegal to burn and not recycle paper. And there were like huge initiatives around make do and mend and recycling and not being ashamed to wear old clothes, which all sound a lot like things that we see now. Maybe not the being illegal to burn paper, but the make do and mend and wearing old clothes. Are definitely, movements I've I've seen coming through. I mean, do you see similarities with the global climate crisis and the way that the fashion industry the industry is reacting?
0: Well, I think it's it's quite recent. It's all quite recent, and there's still so much to do in in that sense because the fashion industry is one of the most polluting industries in the world. And uh, that really has to change. And I think there's a lot of designers who, who think about it and who uh, are willing to make rigorous steps uh, towards a more sustainable future, and which is great, I think. But the whole system is so... I mean, there's just too much stuff getting thrown into this world. So its it must be hard also for all these brands and designers to change that because... Ethically, they know, they know that they need to change, but then again, that's also their, their system. I see a lot of progress already, luckily, but I think there's still a lot, a lot to do. If I look at my own practice as a fashion photographer, I also think that, for instance, traveling needs to be limited, also for shoots. Until recently, many brands just, you know, they were just flying girls all over the world just for one picture or two pictures. And I think it's just crazy. I hope that will change in the years to come.
1: Whilst Lee was working in a world where international travel wasn't as easy as it is now, I think she would have definitely been used to the outside world impacting her work as a photographer. After all, like Vivian, Lee did not just work in fashion and Lee's reportage and surrealist work is well known. I asked Vivian what it was like trying to juggle the worlds of fashion and fine art photography in the same career.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a connection between my artwork and my fashion work and I think, I mean, it's the same pair of eyes, you know. It's still my brain and my eyes uh, looking at the world. So I think they also feed on each other you know like sometimes i have ideas for my fashion pictures which i later on use for my artwork or vice versa i don't know exactly how how lee would have thought of of these two different worlds i mean i try to separate them somehow i try to i mean it's not always easy because sometimes i make art pictures and people refer to them as fashion pictures and i get really Uh, (laughs) grumpy about it, it's still two different worlds, you know, the art world and the fashion world. And often I feel that there's still a kind of reluctance from the art world to accept the fact that I also work as a fashion or even commercial photographer. But I like to be flexible, you know, I like to be independent and not be part of just the art world or just the fashion world I think they can live next to each other very well and I guess in my imagination it was kind of the same for Lee you know working working as a documentary photographer as an artist and as a fashion photographer uh, we we all do these things for different reasons and any reason is as good as the other I hope I think (laughs) I don't know
1: (laughs) Now I mean I I I I always get cross that the photography isn't seen as as an art form in in by lots of places.
0: Yeah, but I guess uh, but I guess I mean for a lot of art it's very obvious that it's art, you know. I mean uh, you can make a very 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 bad uh, painting but it's still a painting so it's it's, it's art. It's bad art, but it's still art. While with a photograph, a photograph can have so many different uh, purposes, you know, catalogues, family pictures, uh, documentary pictures. I mean, it's so much more versatile. So I guess there's somewhere there's a difference between, you know, what is an art picture or what is a commercial picture or a family picture. And it very much depends on the context Uh, in which a picture is placed Uh, so I do understand that people can't really grasp it fully you know the medium of photography which also which is also very interesting I think I'm always drawn to to things that are ambiguous and so is photography I think
1: definitely that's why we love it isn't it (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Many thanks to Vivian for speaking to us about her current day experiences as a fine art and fashion photographer. The book we were discussing is the Lee Miller Archives' recently released book Lee Miller Fashion in Wartime Britain, which contains many of the photographs we've talked about during this series. It is available, of course, through all good bookshops and through Farley's House and Gallery and the Lee Miller Archives website. We also, if you're listening to this before mid-August 2021, have an exhibition of the fashion photography in Farley's Gallery that opens on the 20th of May. We hope to tour it internationally after that, so check out the Lee Miller website and social media which is Lee Miller Archives on Instagram for any updates. Before Vivian left, I asked her what her favourite image from the book was.
0: Well, of course, I really like the the solarised image. There's this solarized uh, photograph of a woman in a corset shot for Invoke studio in London and I just love that image of course. I also am really, really drawn to this kind of weird surrealist picture of these women wearing these fire masks um, and eye shields um, as protection uh, from uh, from the bombs. I think it's just such a weird casual it's casual and at the same time it's so surreal and also the angle is very interesting, I think. there's this kind of graphicness that I that I also really like. And your all-time favorite Lee Miller picture? Have you got one? There's these war pictures which are which are slightly surreal, surrealistic, which I really love. Like for instance, um, these two people sitting I don't know what it is, but they also have these masks on. I really like this connection towards, towards the surrealist movement. Uh, so I'm very much drawn to that. And then there's also the dead man floating in water. Yes, but I guess I'm just slightly drawn towards the dramatic, but that's just such an amazing picture. Because there's this kind of beauty and stillness in it and there's the glimmering of the water, the sunshine in the water and face kind of all still and ah oh, I don't know. It's beautiful.
1: Wow. Thank you so much for listening throughout this series of Lee Miller fashion in wartime Britain. If you'd like to support Farley's and the Lee Miller archives and see extra material, we have an online Love Lee membership on Patreon at patreon.com slash Lee Miller archives. Amongst all that's available, you might be interested in the tier called the Lovely Letters, which is a podcast series on Lee Miller and Roland Penrose Love Letters. This series was presented by me, Amy Buhessen, and my guest today was fine art and fashion photographer Vivian Sassen. It's produced by Tolly Robinson, and the soundtrack is licensed from DeWolf Music. The copyright is copyright Lee Miller Archives 2021, all rights reserved. The Lee Miller Fashion in Wartime Britain podcast series was made possible from public funding from the DCMS Culture Recovery Fund, which was awarded to us by the Arts Council England.